0: This is WexCast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. For this episode, we share thoughts on the fall 2022 exhibition, Sharing Circles, Carol Newhouse and the Women Share Collective, from artist and activist Carol Newhouse and the two curators who worked with her on her first major museum exhibition, WEX Associate Curator of Exhibitions, Daniel Marcus, and Carmen Winant, an associate professor and the Roy Lichtenstein Chair of Studio Art at Ohio State, as well as an artist whose own work has been exhibited internationally. Together, they shared the serendipitous circumstances that led to Danny and Carmen becoming familiar with Carol's work and ultimately uniting to curate sharing circles, as well as the experience of pouring through the prints and contact sheets that Carol kept for decades. They also discussed the thinking that went into the circular wooden structure that forms the heart of the exhibition. One note before listening, when the participants mention a program that occurred in the galleries, they're referencing Reassembly, a program that took place this fall for students and educators. Here's Danny, Carmen, and Carol.
1: Carol, Carmen, we have been working together on this exhibition project, Sharing Circles, for how How long would you say, first of all, if you if you really have point the the origin, the date when um, this project got its legs, when when would that be? Do either of you remember?
2: I think we probably have three slightly different answers.
3: <laughs> I think that's true. You know, the point of Genesis is I would agree with Carol, is a little bit different for all of us because we all, well, I should say, Danny and I both came to encounter Carol through your work in early 2018, I want to say.
1: Right, right.
3: And then I met Carol in 2019. And then I think we started working early conversations in and around this exhibition project early 2021. Is that right, Danny?
1: Wow. The, I mean, the pandemic years all blurred together so much in my mind. But yeah, I think that is right. But actually, Carmen, I'm curious. You probably were aware of Carol's work Before I was, can you say how you found it, how how it came to you?
3: Yes, although this too gets a little bit murky. In fact, I've tried to pin this down with Carol and I haven't been successful at it. I was researching for an artist book um, that came to be called Notes on Fundamental Joy that was uh, printed by Printed Matter New York. And I was researching through Linda Long, the librarian and archivist at University of Oregon in the Lesbian Land Collection, special collection, which Linda really, you know, invented and cultivated. You know, not just that material, but those relationships. That that archive would not exist without her, in any way, shape, or form. And I am guessing—I'm not a very reliable narrator here—but I'm guessing that it was through Linda that I first encountered Carol's work although at the time they didn't actually have the dedicated Carol Newhouse papers. They had now they do, and yeah, right. women's share papers. But at the time I came to encounter them, I'm pretty sure um, through looking at the handwritten captions on the back of other women's photographs, right? So it would be in, I spent a lot of time looking in the T. Corinne archive and there'd be photographs of Carol and it would say photograph with Carol Newhouse, or there'd be a photograph that Ruth t- Mountain Grove took of T taking a picture of Carol, right? So it was like this sort of um, really lateral, you know, um, not even just democratic archive, but something, you know, it was a really kind of generous feeling archive, how pictures were shared back and forth. And then that in turn, you know, that structure, which wasn't rigid or conventional to an archive, allowed me to discover Carol. What I don't remember is how I actually found you, Carol, if I, I got your phone number and I called you, I don't. I can't remember. Okay, the, so, the
2: so, um, for me, the whole project started when Danny came over to your house for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, you know what I mean. And don't ask me what date that was.
3: Right. That was some, that I, was twenty eighteen.
2: But I do know that Danny had already found the photograph that went in the already after Stonewall thing, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know how many weeks that was before he came over to dinner at your house. <laughs> But it was close, it was it was around the same time because mm-hmm. I remembered, and when you said Danny's at the door, just a minute, I thought, is this the same town as that guy yes. that called me up, you know, that I photographed? And I just happened to say, what's his name? And you told me and I just almost fell off my chair. You know, so for so me, I, should... I mean, even though we weren't planning to do anything together, it, it, you know, I believe a lot in those sort of synchronistic moments, you know, and I thought, wow what are the odds Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I think at first you thought understandably that we were
3: working together on the same project because yeah that's what I thought you were working together right right so So, I
1: I should explain what that was all about because that is sort of my entry point um I before coming to the WEX I was a, a curatorial fellow at the Columbus Museum of Art and the first major project that I ended up working on, although I, I it became like the real focus of my work there. Um, the first project was to work on the catalog for this exhibition, Art After Stonewall. And the catalog included um, lots and lots of you know illustrations. And it was my role as the new guy to finish the job of getting permissions for all of those illustrations. Um, oh. There's a wonderful essay in the Art After Stonewall catalog by, um, someone who was then, you know, an, an independent scholar. Now she is the director of the Dorsky Museum at um, uh, one of the SUNY schools, Sunni New Paltz. Um, Anna Conlin, And Anna was writing about um, the ovulars, which, you know, in sharing circles, it's, and, and in the the kind of history of the women's lens and feminist photography. I mean, the ovulars are just so central and significant as a gathering place, as a a kind of place of teaching and of rethinking feminist photographic pedagogy. And Anna had reproduced one of the photographs that Carol had printed in the blatant image, Um, a relatively obscure, although I feel like people are really starting to to know about this publication, a relatively obscure magazine um, devoted to uh, feminist photography that came right out of the Obulars, And um, I had to figure out how to get Carol's permission for this photograph. And I really had a hard time finding you, Carol. Oh, <laughs> know that.
3: You are good at tracking people down, as we know. I, yes.
1: I sort of, this was the first difficult job that I had to, to you know
2: really and look how well yeah, I, you did <laughs> I couldn't
1: find you and, and I know that I found Carmen you must have done what I did which at some I point because you you called Carol and I think I also called Carol or Carol maybe I emailed you but I know that we talked on the phone
2: no the phone rang and yeah. that was you yeah these so events that... are significant for me right because I haven't had this experience before so I remember that You know, and I remember thinking Columbus, what was that again? You know, (laughs)
1: well, I think it's so wild. I mean, listeners to this podcast, I mean, we, we haven't really spelled it out, but like it's so serendipitous that Carmen and I were both looking for Carol and found her independently. Not, you know, Carmen, you didn't know I was trying to find Carol. And I certainly had no idea you were looking for Carol, much less that you were working on a photo book about the women's lands. So when we met at a dinner, I don't remember what the, the dinner was. And what
2: did you have for dinner? <laughs>
1: uh, it was a birthday, someone's birthday party. I just remember, you know, my jaw dropping when you explained that you'd been in touch with this Carol Newhouse person, partly because it just seemed so unlikely. But also, yeah, I, too, sort of have a belief in synchronicity. And, you know, it must be meaningful that we both got in touch with with Carol.
3: Yeah, right.
1: um, but, but I remember that you and I talked on the phone a little while, Carol, and um, and it was just a great conversation. And I, I remember thinking of all of the people who I contacted out of the blue around this Art After Stonewall project, you were 100% the most pleasant. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I want to just jump in here, too, and say that was also the experience that I had with you, Carol, not just that you were pleasant, but that like you really got it you know, because I, I didn't even know what I was trying to do exactly when I reached out to you. I think I said something like, oh, it's an artist book, but it's also an archives project. It's not really art historical, but it also sort of is. And, you know, I'm thinking about it being laid out in this way or using text in this un- unconventional way. And I just could feel you, you know, I and mean, we talked for a while, but I could feel that you not only sort of trusted me in the process, but like you really got Whatever this kind of in between thing was, and you know, I don't know that I've ever said this to you, but I felt so um, emboldened by our sort of ongoing collaboration there because there were moments with that project. Yeah, maybe I'm going to the side of what we should be talking about, which is the exhibition, you know, and talking about this
2: project. No, but I already see the connection with what you're saying right now to Mm -hmm. our current collaboration. Mm -hmm, Exactly. the same experience, except Danny was there now. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? There was this buildup and, and there was this thrilling moment where I felt like you both were so open and artistically creative and willing to think, you know, as they say, outside the box and include what made the show more powerful. Whatever medium, you know, I, I can't even make a list of how many mediums we explored for the current exhibit. Mm-hmm. but. So yeah, it was exciting and and what I have told you, but I'll reiterate is that I have learned so much. I mean, not only like you're saying about the book, but also about my own work and myself as an artist, you know, and especially at this age, because those pictures were taken a long time ago, you know, the ones that we had in this exhibit. And and what was I doing, you know, all those questions I had to come up with answers, you know, and um, it's really made me stronger in my work and also in my thinking about the purpose of art making. Yeah.
1: I mean, we kind of became that three-part team. I guess it was
3: 2021.
2: It would have had to be because 20 we is didn't. when I met you, Carmen, in person right before COVID.
3: Right, and Danny and I flew out to Berkeley and we were all heavily masked. And Carol came, you know, Carol, when I first met Carol the very end of 2018, She showed up with a big cardboard box and it had everything. I thought it was like, you know, it was like a clown car of, you know, pulling out. There weren't so many prints, maybe 80, Uh pretty small prints between sort of four by six through 11 by 14 scale but there were hundreds of contact sheets. There were hundreds of negative sheets and everything was immaculately sleeved, labeled. And, you know, we, we spent, that was in 2018, we spent, you know, days just sort of talking and hanging out and scanning things together. And then when Danny and I showed up a few years later, you came with that same box and we went through a kind of similar process, but with, between the three of us, I mean, maybe that's something we could talk about.
2: You know, I'm so glad you took that picture, by the way. You made that photo recently. Oh, of you and Danny? Yeah, me and Danny one more time. (laughs) And Danny said to me, just bring the box, Carol.
1: (laughs) Well, we should, I feel like we should back up to sort of speak a little bit about why Carol's work was so interesting and why it remains so interesting to us I mean because Carmen you I remember really vividly you went out to Berkeley to meet with Carol or went out to the bay to East Bay to to with Carol and by that point you two had developed a real friendship and I feel like that trip cemented the friendship and when you came back Carmen you were just so excited about both having you know, met Carol in person, but also excited about what you found in the box. And, you know, it was it was this incredible photographic archive, trove, whatever we want to call it. But I, I remember you were really struck, maybe even stunned by just how many photographs hadn't been printed and how much sort of potential there was in this box that really cataloged Carol's work, life, time, you know, living at Woman's Share in the 70s and then forward into her life in the the 1980s. It's, uh, you know, it's that kind of excitement of the undiscovered or the unprinted. I think it also must have something to do with what you were seeing in the photographs as well too, though, this sense of a world being kind of held within that box. That's certainly what I put it talking to you when you came back. That's, that's the Im- the image that I started to kind of think about is a world in a box.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> and then it became a world in a circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: really. Well, I would be curious too. I mean, I will say a little bit about that, but I'd be curious, Carol, to know about your impressions of that trip. I mean, a, a few things about it. I would say that was the first time, this isn't exactly what you're asking, Daniel, though, i build to it, where i felt as though I was encountering somebody and potentially building a relationship that would outlive the project, you know, mm. where it really felt like, oh, I'm not going into an archive or I'm, you know, where that's sort of sterile or I'm not sort of inheriting material separate from a person or, you know, God forbid, sort of going in and grabbing what I need and leaving. So it really actually help me recalibrate my idea. I mean, Carol, you were talking about how this collaboration has changed your sense of being an artist in the world. And it certainly has done that for me too. It's affirmed that relationship building is actually the most like fundamental and important. You know, it seems so obvious, but it's like, you know so often if you're sort of on a deadline and you're trying to whatever encounter the right material and work with it whatever, in a certain strategic way, you lose sight of that, or one does, or of I course. do. Of so course. that, to me, was really, uh, something happened in that trip, I thought, mm-hmm. where I, I recognized you as a kind of a kindred. Yes. And I, I thought like, this is bigger than the project. Um, yeah, but that being said, as Danny was pointing out, I immediately... you know, I'm sure you could feel it for me, Carol. I mean, the excitement around what we were scanning and talking about and looking at together also helped me name for myself an interest like, you know, that my wagons had been circling for years, which we've talked about a lot since, which is the sort of idea of like feminist world building in practice yeah. and, you know, and feminist joy and, you know, and lesbian photography and a world without patriarchy. And like, what is the relationship between that sort of making those worlds and picturing them, you know, photographically, it felt like, oh, all these things that have been percolating that I hadn't even been able to name for myself. And, um, and, and after your book,
2: what is still the relevance of this? You know, that's, what's interesting to me. I mean, you, you didn't just drop it with the book either. You know, I mean, was slightly different. I know we could right, get into right. all that, but there it was like there was, a lifelong project. Doesn't in a way, because it's a really big issue. I mean, what is culture building? Right. What is queer art? What, you know, there's all these big questions. Right. And um, I'm just going to jump to the installation when we, and I correct me, Danny, if I'm wrong, I think you came forward with the circle first, but when that happened for me, Um, Again, I can't put it into words. It wasn't like I thought the following thing. (laughs) It's just that, oh, of course. You know what I mean? And that installation, I think, um, aside from presenting the photos in a very nice way and a lot of the other artwork, was more for the public. It was holding the public, just like your book tries to do. Mm -hmm. You know, those images are in the book and the words are way down the bottom. You know what I mean? And people have have to pause and have to experience your book differently that was my experience of it mm-hmm. and this show was the same way this exhibit you you have to experience it differently you know we guided them a lot you know with the map and explanations but still it was you couldn't enter really lightly I don't think you could try
1: <laughs> There, are are really like I think of sort of three, maybe four kind of essential turning points in the making of this show. And one was certainly, Carmen, your your realization of what the magic of Carol's box, you know, what, <laughs> what that amounted to. But then, you know, I think the discovery of all of the materials that Carol had given to the University of Oregon, to, to Linda Long, that feels really crucial as well, because I think it's at that moment... Um, that Carmen and I started to really see that there was an exhibition's worth of printed photographic uh, Oh,
2: I see. Yes.
1: Because um, remember, um, Carol, when Carmen came back to Columbus and was so excited about the trip um, to meet you, partly the takeaway for me was like, this is an artist who printed very little of her work. There's all of this unprinted work. So it's Oregon, it's the University of Oregon that kind of unlocked yeah for us that like, well, of course you'd printed a lot of work and, but it's just that a lot of it w- is, was in Linda's archive. Um, I just
2: want to make a comment on what you're saying. I thought of it earlier when you were saying that unprinted work thing, it's all about feminism and access. And then the change to digital also, because this was all film, you know, and in that in the eighties and that kind of thing that happened in the world you know, and all these visionary images and all these visionary people are going back to get a job, you know? (laughs) And so there was a change, you know, in the world and I didn't have, or wasn't able to find any access really for those materials or interest. And also I was preoccupied just making a living, you know? So it's just a side remark, but it's that's partly why I kept what I thought were the jewels and I kept it, you know, for 40 years. And, you know, I traveled a lot. But I kept it because I knew it was so important, sort of. <laughs> you know? But it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago, even, um, that I began to realize how important it was. It also started with the book. You know, we wrote a book also, Country Lesbians, and that people started noticing. You know, so it was kind of multimedia in a way. Well, mm-hmm. in
1: that sense, too, I think a lot of your photographs had lived in the world through these publications, whether it's country exactly. lesbians. Or- a woman's yes. carpentry book or yes. a woman's spirit, but not really in an art context.
2: Right. Um, exactly. Exactly.
1: Which which not is that, a-
2: not that a Billy and I hadn't discussed it. One of those things was always, you know, we need to start a feminist art gallery. You know, a small town. I mean, you know, not, not recreate anything in DC, but you know, just do something, do a storefront, do something, you know, and then our lives just changed as I described and things happened and I'm still bringing that idea up to her today.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I keep us in the loop if you <laughs> move forward. I I think we we from the outset though knew that we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to kind of guide the exhibition that we were starting to, to talk about. Like we didn't want to guide it toward like a conventional or a traditional, you know, art photography kind of format. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carmen, but I'm I'm pretty sure from the outset we. We're like not into the idea of framing photographs and just having them sort of sit on the wall. Maybe we arrived at that point, but I'm saying this because you know the the idea of installing the work inside of the plywood circular structure that we ended up developing. You know that that impulse to develop some sort of an alternate structural mm. framework. That's something that that Carmen and I certainly had been talking about for almost since the very outset. I, I mean, I, I, I think probably our idea was at first that there had to be some some form of building that- oh, um,
2: yes, that's so funny to think of it in this context. That's right, yes.
1: <laughs> we wanted to have some sort of architectural note in the show. It felt so important to think about, you know, to, to represent Woman Share as not just the subject of your photographs, but also as a kind of ethos and a DIY, you know, proposition and mm-hmm. um, and and a culture and a culture that was like oriented around making a world, right. So so that felt really important to have in the show. And I, I think the the path to the circle as the form was a pretty gradual one. I, I don't remember like a Eureka moment where where you know I just woke up one morning and was like, that's it. I remember a lot of conversations and a lot of back and forth, and and um, I guess I, I, that is meaningful to me because this exhibition, I just think of it as such a an experiment in community. Carmen, as you were saying, some of that is about just building relationships first and foremost. I think the the circular structure is almost a metaphor for. That sort of openness to co presence and to doing things together. And, and so, you know, even, you know, I, that I can't quite remember who or when we came up with this essential idea for the exhibition, that just feels like, well, that's what this show is about. I, you know, those lines become a little blurry.
2: Well, just one of the things I remembered, I reflected on more recently when you showed me the videos and the people, you know, that were there. And then that last panel discussion we did um, was that, yes, this is an individual artist. This is another piece that we kind of worked on, right? And yet this is you know, somehow a community art exhibit here or really? something, you know what I mean? And how do we articulate that and how do we present that? And it became clearer and clearer as we went, you know, that and more inclusive. And I was reflecting on the circle again and I was thinking, oh, purpose, this is one of our main points, right? Individual photos all over the place. A lot of people individually, even, or just two, or, you know, and yet being held in a circle, right, of relationship, you know, to each other. And so people passing through are having that experience, right? They're seeing these individual, you know, it's still photography. It's not a movie, right? (laughs) So they're seeing a moment. In another moment, you know, and, and yet they're making a circle or a hole. And also, I think there was a certain kind of safety in the structure. Afterwards, I reflected on that. Mm-hmm. As, was it was at the panel discussion when I really got it. But it, it, it was the circle was holding people and allowing them to, to take their time and realizing where they were going. You know what I mean? It was going in a circle. I mean, it was very powerful, I think, performatively. Um, and I wouldn't have noticed that I, I was more intellectual about it, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning. And so it was safe. And so we have the individual experience and we have the collective experience, right? Right there, you know, in the circle.
3: I just would add to that and say I agree to echo what Carol is saying, was sort of began as an intellectual exercise, became actually a much more emotional one. And even what to else? have the program inside of the space, what? right? Like as opposed to in the auditorium or wherever else totally reinforce that. Another thing that I wanted to add, you know, I'm thinking about what you're saying, Carol, around the sort of reverberation between like, well, this this is an individual person, but it's not a retrospective, right? It's also a group. I thought that that would be difficult to account for, or but I think ultimately, maybe we just had to, the most difficult part was explaining that to the institution. You know, when Danny and I bring students through people are with it, like they, they get it. You know, I think the thing that's come up, if anything more often is a question around privacy and safety and sort of what it means to turn a community like women's share in some sense inside out. Yes, we have the circle, um, which does, I like how you're describing how it sort of holds the audience. In fact, it Mm -hmm. holds the viewers, but there is sort of still this question about, these safe spaces and bringing them into a forward-facing institution, which is something that we reckoned with a lot as, as we went. But that idea has sort of continued to evolve for me, you know, as, as I go back and talk to students. And in fact, Carol, I think you'll get a kick out of hearing that next week I'm touring epidemiologists through, uh, epidemiology PhD students, yeah. So like the kinds of requests that we've gotten, you know, are really, are really broad ranging. In any case, yeah, I wonder what you both make of this, you know, this sort of inside outness.
1: Well, I wanted to say, I guess just to introduce another, this isn't quite a turning point, but just another key kind of player. I feel like it was in conversations with our research assistant, um, just an amazing partner on this exhibition, um, Ray Root, who's a, a PhD student out at the University of Oregon, those conversations which really kind of cemented for me the importance of safety and um, you know closure isn't quite the right word um, to describe the circle it's not closed it's sort of open at two points so it is it's pointedly you know a structure you can enter but I know Ray was really um, thinking a lot about about the question of safety and sort of how to produce a, um a viewing experience for visitors that would um you know be right to the material that would provide that kind of visibility um, but also provide for the viewer uh, you know a, a kind of experience of shelter and um, security and enclosure. And I think what we came up with is sort of a, you know and it's really just an attempt to navigate two kind of completely opposite goals on the one hand, the, you know, the exhibition is so much about visibility, right? And one of the key words in talking about the show is lesbian visibility. And that is, of course, what the exhibition is about. And on the other hand, the exhibition is about closure and the circle as a metaphor is so much about that. I, I think, you know, between the three of us, but maybe especially you and me, Carmen, I, I just remember a lot of conversations about representation and about the urge, the need not to claim to fully represent women's share and the need to mark that it's a space that is not the Wexner Center, that it's not, we're not recreating it um, in the WEX. We are, um, we're gesturing to a community and a story that that takes place outside of the institution. So for example, it was an important decision, like not to have a big photograph of woman share, you know, blown up on the wall so that, you know, you get the sense of your being in a landscape. That's something that we talked a lot about. And there are lots of different discussions about representing, you know, maybe, for example, like outside of the circle, should we, should we have some sort of landscape view that Mm -hmm. makes it clear that the circle is sort of an imaginary structure within the landscape? Um, Ultimately, I think it's, you know, it's a spare show because we we elected not to use those tools of you know illusionism. It, we we don't give people the feeling that they're right there, but we do give them this really strong feeling of being in a space and a place that is quite different than how the wax usually looks. And um and everything that we've been saying about the circle the emotional feeling of being part of the circle i think that's exactly that that was more important ultimately than you know again this illusion that you are crossing from ohio to oregon somehow like in stepping into the gallery
2: yeah so this really brings up a lot of questions about art representation you know art exhibiting and what are we what kind of experience are we trying to stimulate or <laughs> conjure you know, is it an emotional one? Is it a cognitive one? Is it some kind of a combination, whatever? And then what makes art great? Okay, I mean, that's the question behind it all, right? And, and not everybody would agree maybe, maybe people experience their world differently, you know, more cognitively or more emotionally or whatever. You know, I don't know, but I can see from this very easily which way that I lean, <laughs> you know, I need somebody to be moved. You know what I mean, and and of course I think you could say a really good image will do that, <laughs> but it's an interesting discussion. And another, I remember Danny saying this to me. He said, "You know, Carol, sometimes I just question if I really believe in art." I was thinking about this the other day, and um, I will say that this exhibit made me believe more in art. Okay, so. And, and, and now the why comes up, <laughs> well, what do you mean? And then I get a little weak, you know, I, some of these words are relevant, I think, but it's it's um, a majestic exploration and such a valuable one. And certainly for a gallery, let alone an artist, you know, or a curator, right? Or any of us.
1: Well, I believe in, in you, Carol, so I-,
2: I <laughs> uh, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I've had, I mean, you use this word majestic. I've had a few experiences, Carol, walking through the galleries because I walk past the Wexner on the way to my my office in the art building. And so sometimes I just, you know, I'll take a meeting in there. I just meander through and, you know, there are a lot of students in there and there's community members and, you know, different folks, but there's a lot of students in particular that, that because we're on campus, but in this show and, you know, I had one experience where I was walking around the galleries and there was a student looking at Billy's pastels. And then I went for an hour for a coffee in the cafe and I came back and the student was still in Gallery B. <laughs> you know, oh, and I just felt like. Great. Something is happening here, you know, and this is a, something of co- else, of course, that we talked about quite a lot, which is these points of intergenerational exchange and these points of intergenerational inheritance. That's so something we talked about quite a lot in the program, and it's something that we talk about between the three of us, you know, um, in our own friendship and collaboration. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
3: so it was, it was very moving. It has been moving to see, you know, the show is for everyone, every kind of audience member, but it's it's been moving for me in particular to see how students, you know, and younger folks are taking in the material wow. and and really sort of staying with it in my experience. And I know you've already mentioned the program or it's come up a few times, but you know, there were a lot of students in the room that day and folks from like all walks and I found that to be such an incredibly I'm biased, but the most moving program that I've ever been to at the Wexner, something happened there that felt very atypical and unusual within academic space, you know, as people were talking about sort of decentering themselves in service of this larger community experiment um, that I just left feeling so energized. And the show, you know, was obviously the spark for all of that. And so, you know, how we think about it will change over time, I would imagine, um you know but it feels to me like um it did its work in that way you know in terms of thinking about the sort of creativity required to be an artist being not so dissimilar from the creativity required to you know build a lesbian land it's like how to imagine something that doesn't yet exist is that's it you know we've talked about this quite a lot carol like that's a joyful project, and that's an optimistic project. You have to have, you know, optimism as a sort of tool of imagination and of ideology. And so that to me felt like we we got at something there with the show, although we could make a hundred more shows, I think, and <laughs> get at it in different
2: ways. Well, I can I can say something just briefly about a segue into uh, fox and lichen. Oh yes. So please. Um, Women's is passing, gifting their land on to queer women of color, identifying as a matriarchal queer land, uh, two-spirit, and um, particularly influenced by Indigenous women. And I sent the photo that your friend took, Daniel, um, to Fox and Lichen.
1: And we should say for listeners, Fox and Lichen are the current residents at at women Share and who are starting this new project called Native women
0: Share.
2: And Fox was very moved by the picture and um, pointed out the diversity of the audience and um, the intergenerationality and several things like that. And I think in a way was re-inspired also, or you know, equally inspired kind of like we're talking here. Um, and I was very happy to see that
1: there's a whole dimension of this exhibition that I think certainly I didn't expect and Carmen I don't know if you anticipated this either which is just that the making of the show which initially was really a you know solely focused on Carol and Carol's work and then expanded to include Billy Miracle who is still li- essentially living at woman chair I mean she lives next door to Woman's chair but is has been, you know, just a kind of stalwart of the community for, for decades. The exhibition, as it expanded to include Billy, and then, you know, as, as we became more familiar just with the present situation at, at WomanShare, um, we realized that the exhibition was running into this completely transformative conversation that Carol and Billy were having with uh Fox and Lycan. Um, and that that the uh the question of the future of woman share was like quite literally at stake right now. <laughs> that it's yeah. something that that you know you all were working out. Um and I I don't think there was any moment where we sort of sat down and said to ourselves, well, let's figure out how the exhibition can participate in that process. I think it always felt like that process was was your process carol That's and, and you sure. were wanted to support but we're you know primarily just making an art exhibition but at the same time i i do think the exhibition has it's at least been a a kind of you know movement in the background as you all have kind of tried to take stock of the future here's this exhibition that is in some sense taking stock of the past and i don't know i think it's incalculable how these things meet and what their convergence means but just that that we were able to do this project collaboratively at the same moment that you were beginning to work with Fox and Lycan in earnest is wild and and it made the show more than a show to me I mean I I think the um the last turning point in my mind around the exhibition Carol was when I went to Berkeley over the summer this past summer to to meet with you and just kind of do a final check and make sure that um, all the photographs were what we thought they were, and just make sure everything was in order. And I, I remember you were telling me about your most recent trip up to Oregon, up to WomenShare, and you were kind of just describing the meetings you were having with women in the community um, to, to kind of bring them into the process of this transition. Obviously, it's, it's a moment of transformation for Woman share, but Women share is part of this much larger community, and so what happens to women share matters for the lesbian lens as a as a whole. That's true. And you were describing these meetings that that just required such patience and care, and um, I, you know, I I think at that point too, I realized that our conversations with Billy had become, you know, something more than just well, here's here's someone who's going to loan us some art for this show. I mean, that Billy had become sort of part of our family as well. And that feeling of being familiarly bound, you know, together, you know, that, that was emotionally part of the process as well. And that's when sharing circles like came into force as a title, you know, that's yeah. that moment, I think, where I realized that it's, it's about relationships and it's about vulnerability and it's about openness to other people. Um, and that's sort of the core of the show. Um, and that to my mind was like the last real turning point because I think that that idea had been latent in everything that we'd been doing. But it wasn't until it was until you came back from that meeting with Fox and Lycan and everyone around in the, the wider community that it hit me that it it's fundamentally a story about community. It is a show about, you know, circularity in in such a a large sense.
2: And when I hear you say this, I think of trust. That's why I took that time, because those conversations were going on for a while. You know, for me to take a look at you and think, intuitively again, you know, it wasn't calculated, but that's that whole privacy and safety thing also, right? You know, as I hear you talking, I think, ooh, I did that. You know, and and there was a reason, like you're saying, I hadn't cognitively known the reason, but it was about what you're saying. I was trying to give voice to look, look look what this really is, all this, you know? And it's so relational, yeah. And some of those people are artists as well or creators too. So you've got that piece.
1: Well, it's just been such a a singular and special experience. And the nice thing is that, you know, we can talk about the exhibition having... A lifetime you know but I feel like the three of us will be in touch for m- many many more years than this exhibition is up on view at the wax so this for us I think is is the beginning and and um, the exhibition is just sort of one manifestation of this conversation that's how it feels to me at least
3: <laughs> yeah I can't imagine it any other way although I do owe Carol a few phone calls and return emails at the
2: moment. It's, it's all right. All
3: right. I can't imagine. I'm not going to. anywhere. We
0: hope you enjoyed this conversation between artist Carol Newhouse and Sharing Circles co-curators Daniel Marcus and Carmen Winant. For more information about this exhibition and all things Wex, go to WexArts.org. For the Wexner Center for the Arts, I'm Melissa Starker. Thanks for listening.